to the podcast of the Doral Vineyard Church. This is a message by Denver Lee. So last week, I suggested that when you begin following Jesus, that if, if you build your foundation on these seemingly impossible claims of our gospel, that you cannot have a boring life. Right? I, I don't believe that you can have a boring life if you truly believe this, this gospel. Um, I, there was a point when I didn't believe the gospel, and I had, a really, I had what I thought was a really exciting life, and, and then I started to believe this gospel a little bit, and then my life was really boring, and then I reevaluated my belief, and I was like, I really don't believe some of this stuff. And I was like, maybe that's why I'm bored. Like, I was born in my Christianity because I found that I didn't really believe it. Like, if I really believed that God could do anything, then what would I be doing? Like, what, what would you do if you woke up and, like, God can do anything? If, if you're like, my daddy owns everything. Like, your, your attitude would change when you step out that door in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, like your decisions would change, you know? So, so I found that I, my, my problem was that I truly didn't believe fundamentally some of the impossibilities of this gospel, those seven things that we, we talked about yesterday, um, I'm sorry, last week. And, and that's one of the reasons why I, I really just feel so connected to them because it is something that I had to face the reality that I had a hard time. Like, I believed it intellectually, but I had a hard time really setting who I am, my hope, my faith on these seven crazy things that the Christian gospel claims. And I have a feeling today that some of us are thirsty for a new type of life. I, 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 just, I just get the sense that, you know, as I was preparing this, this message, I, I just really got the sense that the Lord, is, is, there's a hunger and a thirst for, for, for a newness. Like there, there's something new. And especially, especially if you're like over the age of 50, right? I, I just really feel like there's a sense for newness. Like, like there, there's, there's the desire to want to think that, hey, I'm coming towards the end, but there's something inside the heart that says you're just getting started and, and, tr- and trying to compromise those two things. And so th- this type of thirst and hunger, it transcends the Christian and the non-Christian. And so uh, if, you were, if you or anyone who's hearing this message, even if you're not a Christian, Right? This, is, this is not a Christian hunger. This is a hunger of humanity. This is our humanity that is hunger for newness. You are always hungry for something new because you are made from eternity and for eternity, and your life cannot contain God's plans for you. And so some of you may have even given up on believing that God can do anything with your lives, and, and, and I believe that that's where the hunger and the thirst comes in. And, and I think that we, 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 we sometimes maybe even shrink back from believing that God can do anything. And, and we shrink back from, from even praying big, bold prayers anymore because we have focused so much on what God did not do. Not on my notes. Um, the, <laughs> here is one of the things I find. I used to look for God in certain places. Um, I used to always focus on what God was not doing. Can I get an amen, right? And, and, so, and so we see what God is not doing, right? Like, I didn't get that raise, didn't get that position, didn't get the new car, didn't get that new house, disappointment on every side, right? I, I saw what God was not doing. Um, I got prayer, and I didn't get healed. I went to this worship conference, and I didn't get slain in the spirit, right? Like, I had these great expectations, and it didn't happen. Like, and, and, and months and months and months, I focused in, like, I saw everyone around me, what God was doing, and I was like, God, I'm, I'm just not getting the thing that I, I want. 
And one day the Lord just spoke to my heart and it was like, you're, because you're looking for me in places where I'm not. Like, you, like if, if, you're, if you're trying to find, if like, okay, if you're waiting for a promotion and God doesn't promote you and you're trying to define God by not, by the fact that you didn't get the promotion, you're looking for him in a place where he's not. Because he, he, he didn't move in that place. And so you're trying to define him by something that he did not do. It's like me showing up to your house and you're out at the grocery store and I show up and though you're not there, I'm like, you, you know what, like this, you're like this tall. Like I can't see you because you're not there. Like the, I, I can't define you in a place where you're not. And, and I believe that that's where disappointment comes in a lot of the time. So I want to talk about three primary ways that we can prepare ourselves for the exciting journey of following Jesus. Three primary ways that we can just prepare our hearts for following Jesus. And thing number one is to believe your Bible against all odds. And if you're following along um, in this little outline here, number one is to believe your Bible against all odds. And this, is, this one is really dear to me <laughs> because I find that a lot, listen to this for a second, you got, you got to hear this, a lot of Christians, a lot of Christians argue with me about the authenticity of the scripture. I, I told my wife, if I, yesterday, last night, we had this discussion. If, if one more Christian tells me that the Bible was written by men, and so therefore, why should we trust it? I'm like, I, I don't understand, like, because we, we get in, uh, again, we get into places that we don't understand something, and then instead of humbling ourselves under God and saying, God, I don't understand why you killed all these people in the Bible. I don't understand the flood. I don't, I don't understand why, why you struck down this person. I, I don't understand the pillar of salt. So many things that really doesn't make sense to me. Instead of humbling ourselves under God and saying, God, I don't understand it, we, we, we pull back from it and say, it cannot be true because I don't understand it. And so we start to discredit scripture. And, and I, I, I believe that to prepare for the journey ahead, you have to believe your Bible against all odds. And the truth is that your, your Bible, the Bible that you have is 66 completely different books by 40 different authors written over the course of 1,500 years. And what that means is if I take just this section of people alone and I put us together for four hours and I say, why don't you guys come up with a story? You guys come up with a story together, right? And just have it be the story of how you think the world began and, 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 and how this whole thing started. And I put you in separate rooms and say, you all write a story and let's see if they come together at the end. Like, it would not come together at the end, even though most of you probably even know each other. You've had discussions before. And so you're not 1,500 years apart. You're living within the same time frame. All, you're just one room over from one another. Even if I put you in the same room together and I tell you all the same story, if I, if I play back this sermon to you and I tell you, hey, write the main points of what I talked about and, and, and what you heard me say, all of you will have something completely different from this one sermon. Right? And, and here we have 1,500 years from, from about, like, like there, there's, there's 40 different authors, 66 books, 1,500 years, and they just flow together. One of the reasons why I, um, 
as a police officer in, in, in my cubicle at, at work, I put up Isaiah 53. I don't know if, if you have that there. And I didn't put any numbers on it. You know, I, I just had it like a paragraph. Um, and I put it up on the, the, the board there. And, and it says, surely he took our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our, for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed 700 years before Jesus was even born. This is written. Right? Seven, like, like, and so I put this entire thing all, all the way, I, I think, up to like verse, verse 12. Like, like where it just goes into detail about the cross. And, and people would come in like, oh, you're doing this Christian BS again. Like, why do you think it's Christian? It's like, oh, because it's talking about Jesus. Like this is the, well, this was written 700 years before Jesus was even born. So the, the fact that you make the connection that it's about Jesus is stunning because Isaiah never knew Jesus. They never lived in the same time frame. And, 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 and so there, there's certain things about our Bible that we just, you, you have to believe your Bible against all odds. And especially in our culture today, I find that there are many, many, many different agendas, especially politics that has many things to say about what our Bible should say and doesn't say and what it means and what it doesn't mean. And I I truly believe that if we wholeheartedly believe that God did all of these things in the Bible, all of them, all of them, there's nothing in the Bible that I disagree with that God did. Like God did it. I'm not telling you that I understand all of it. I'm not telling you that I agree with all of it. If I were God, I probably would have done things a different way. But you're lucky that I'm not God because this whole dying for you thing, I, I, I listen, listen, strangers, die, like that's hard for me, right? And so, so I don't agree with every single, but I believe it. I, I'm, I'm like, I, I, God, I don't understand why. And I think that sometimes we stand over scripture and we try to declare who God is. But the place of reading scripture is you lay down and allow the scripture to just declare who you are. Like, and, and if you don't understand something, especially if, you, if you're just getting into this whole thing, just, just read it. And if it's something that's hard to believe, just say, Lord, this is hard. His, his disciples said that, right? He's like, unless you eat the flesh of, of the Son of Man and drink his blood, his disciples are like, this is hard. It's like, this is hard to believe. Jesus, how could you say this? Right? And, and so even when Jesus comes, he says some difficult things. Right? And, and, and I believe that if we wholeheartedly believe this gospel, if we wholeheartedly believe the things that the Bible says, it is much easier to believe that God can do anything. If you believe that he part waters, if you, if you believe some of the incredible claims of scripture and you start to let that fester up within your heart, you will start to believe that God can actually do anything. Like that's the place where healing comes from. Like that is the place that when you pray for someone and you see power, that, that's when people like, like just step out on faith. When, when people step out on faith, they're not hoping something good happens. They know what God did. And they're like, if he did it before, then he'll do it again. Right? And, and that is the momentum. That is the trajectory. You have to believe your Bible. And if you have a hard time believing that God can do anything with your life, if, if your life is set up in a place right now where, where you believe that God cannot do anything with your life, I encourage you to read the Bible with a fresh set of eyes and just go there and, and just ask the Holy Spirit to, Lord, like, I, I just, I want to start believing all of this word for word, like not, not meanings and pictures word for word. You actually parted the Red Sea. Like this really did happen. 
And the, and the truth is that even historically, and we'll talk about this more in the coming months, um, even historically, these things have proven to be accurate. The, 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 the Bible in ancient, in ancient literature, there is no document that is more authenticated than the Bible, than our New Testament gospel. There is none, zero. And so even when we, we look at American history even, I, I was reading an article yesterday, even American history, there's so much debate about Isaac Newton, there, there's so much debate on Columbus and Ben Franklin, and, all, and this is just like, uh, America is 238 years old, and, there, and there's so much de- like debate on the facts of our 238-year-old history, 15,000 years, uh, 1,500 years of the Bible, and it's proven to be accurate. That is, that is our gospel. And, 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 and I believe that the more that we deny the Bible historically, the less of God we see contemporarily. Like, I, I find that the more that Christians, and, and this is more for us now, the more that we, we look at things and we say, well, I, I, I can't agree with this because I see things around me that looks different. Right, um, and and then we start to move away from the Word of God and start to move towards the culture. I, I believe that with that mindset, you will see less of God in your life. Like if you discredit Him here, it's not that He's going to stop moving; it's that it, it will become hard for you to see Him in your life, to believe the Bible against all odds. And number two, to believe that Jesus, to believe that what Jesus said. Right? You have to believe what Jesus said against all, all the odds. Against all the odds, I believe what Jesus said. Jesus set himself apart from humanity. Right? When, when, when Jesus comes, Jesus, like in your Bible, Jesus says, the world, everyone else except for him was lost. He says, everyone else, Jesus comes and says, everyone, all of you are lost except for me. And so therefore I could find you. He says, everyone else is living in darkness. All of you all are living in darkness. But but Jesus said, me, I am the light. He says, I am the light and all of you are living in darkness. So therefore you need me. And he says, everyone else is hungry. He says, all of you are hungry. And he says, I am the bread. These are the claims that he makes about himself. And he says, all of you are, are, are sinful. He says, all of you have sin. All of you were born into to sin. Your hearts are bent towards sin. And I am the one that can forgive you. These are the claims that Jesus makes about himself. And he denounces every other religion and every other idea at the same time. John, John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And by that, he's denouncing that there is any other way to God. There is no other way to God. And I know that we sometimes have friends who have other ways to God, and then we, we want to be friends with these people, and so we have to change our theology to make friendships. And so we start to say, well, maybe they're right too. Christians, this is, this is, this is just, these are conversations that I've had. But, but I believe that for the journey ahead, for the journey ahead, these are, these are things that have to die on the altar. We, we cannot move forward with, with, with this double-mindedness. This, this is a place where I understand I have friends of many other religions and they say, well, what about the good people in my religion? They're, I don't believe they're good people anywhere. Because the Bible says that all of our hearts are bent towards sin. 
And, and, and so there's a picture that, that many have, and some of you perhaps have heard, you know, there's a mountain and God is at the top of the mountain and there's different religions to get up to this mountain. And so we have like universalism. And, and, and the reason why I'm saying this is because I believe that in the journey ahead, God is going to bring you around people. And, and, and some of, if, if, <laughs> yeah, if we're not fully accepted by God, like, if you don't feel like God accepts you and loves you, then you will seek that from other people and you will change your theology in order to be loved. You, 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 you will change your theology to be accepted by those people. Do you understand what I mean? I, 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 so so even, even on a larger scale, right? Even on a larger scale, one of the things that um, I, I, I struggle with the most um, is like one of the hot button issues. Like, you know, like I, I have family members who are living in a certain lifestyle. And so how do I deal with what the Bible says and, and, and what's going on in the culture? You know, and you, you have to believe your Bible. And so it's your character that causes you to be in relationships. Like Jesus works on your character and he makes you a loving person. And so when you're loved by God, then you can love people and you don't have to break down your theology in order to be accepted and loved. Right? And, and I believe that for the journey ahead, God is going to bring us amongst those. And we're going to be responsible for giving the gospel. We're going to be responsible for giving the truth. And if you have discounted the truth, I don't believe that we will give it. I don't believe that we'll give it. Jesus claims, John 8, 32, he says, I am the truth. He says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And what this means is that everything else that's out there is not true. It's just, just plain and simple. Everything else that's out there is not true. There is one truth. There is one truth. There is one God. And his name is Jesus. There is no other way. There, there, is, there is no other way up the mountain. Actually, I don't believe there is a way up the mountain. Our theology says that the God of heaven came down the mountain and he came to the people at the bottom, right? And, and so all these other religions that are trying to make it up this great big mountain, like, I'm like, if you come into my religion, the God comes down to you. This is a much better deal anyway, right? You got it much better here if you just come into this thing, right? And, and, and so we have to have these foundations. We have to have these foundations because the journey ahead can be a lot of fun and 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 it will be great it's going to be wild it's going to be great but these are some of the fundamental things that i i i feel like as the senior pastor of this church it's it's, i have to be really clear on things that i won't compromise and and even though there are some things that are questionable again i believe what jesus said and i encourage you to believe what jesus says even when it's hard even especially when it's hard. I, I imagine that if Jesus today planted a physical, like if he had a physical body and he planted a church, like a physical church, a building, like I wonder how many people would come. This is what I thought about when I woke up from that dream, right? Like I was, I was like 10, 10 people came. Like I, I wonder if Jesus planted a church, I wonder who would go. And I, I, I think it'll be hard because Jesus says some like outlandish things. Like, I, I think that if, if pastors would stand up and just kind of go through and just read the red letters in their Bible and just say, that's what he says. That's it. <laughs> like, no, no commentary, no explanation. That, that's what he says. Unless you believe in me, that's it. No, that's all that he's, he, like, Jesus, I think, would have a smaller church than 10. 
I think I would have a mega church in comparison to that because I, because it, it is hard. It is a hard gospel to believe. But like I said, if you start off on these strong foundations and your heart is rooted and grounded in him, the places and the things that you, that you don't understand will not stop you. Because Jesus lays down some heavy, heavy, heavy sermons. Uh, Matthew, I, 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 I want us to look at the, the, the most famous sermon, perhaps, um, the Beatitudes, right? And I want to start it from um, in Matthew 4, uh, verse 23. If you have your Bible, turn, turn there. I, I probably won't get to um, number three, um, but I'm hoping I, I will. If, if you have your Bible, turn to the Gospel of Matthew, and I'm going to start from uh, verse 23 of uh, chapter 4. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness among people. All right, so he's going through all of Galilee, and he's healing every sickness. Verse 24, good news about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those who were suffering and in severe pain. Right, the suffering, they brought him the suffering. They, they brought him those who were diseased, the demon-possessed. Right? I believe in demon possession. The, the Bible says so. Like, it's real. <laughs> right? Um, and so, yeah, we don't, we don't deny that. Um, and, and, and they're separate from those who just have seizures. Because it says demon-possessed and those having seizures. And so there's some who are demon-possessed, and then there's those who have seizures. And I don't think that they're the same things. And those who are paralyzed... And so all these people, it says Jesus healed them. And large crowds from Galilee and Decapolis. Decapolis is 10 cities, right? And so all of Galilee, all of Decapolis, these 10 cities, all of Jerusalem, all of Judea, and across the Jordan, like even across the Jordan, all these people, multitudes, are following Jesus, right? From all these cities. You have to understand that there's like this huge entourage of people, just huge entourage that's just following this man. And they're following him because he's healing them. Right? He's, he's casting out their demons. He's healing their sicknesses. He's doing great things amongst them. In Matthew 5, at the top, it says, Now Jesus saw the crowds. And so he went up on the mountainside. Right? So, so he climbs up the mountain after he sees all these people. Right? And you have to imagine that he's going from Galilee to Decapolis, all of Jerusalem. And, so, and he's walking. Right? It's not like a moving caravan where they all have cars. Right? He's walking, and, and so as he's walking with these people, he's getting to know them, and they're getting to know him, and they're talking with one another. Right? You have to put yourself into this thing. And so they're walking with this man, Jesus, and they're getting to know him, and he's getting to know them. And, and he's like, like, hey, you heal my grandmother. Thank you. Like, my, my father was demon-possessed. My son was demon-possessed. And he's talking to them. He's having conversations. You have to understand that Jesus is not just talking to them when when he gets up on the mountain. He's walking with them from city to city, from place to place. They're following him. He he, he has relationships with them. He knows them. And he says, now Jesus saw the crowd and he went up on the mountainside and sat down. and, And his disciples came to him and he began to teach them. And he says, blessed are the spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And you have to understand, right? So in your Bible, this is all read. This is stuff that you just simply have to believe. We can't believe Matthew 5 and discount Matthew 6. Because it says hard things about murder, hard things about cutting off body parts, and hard things about divorce, 
right? We, we can't say this part sounds good and this part doesn't sound so good. So as Jesus is walking with these people, he's getting to know them. And I, I personally believe that as Jesus is, is, is saying this, he's talking to the people who he knows. And so he said, like, blessed are the poor in spirit. Like, like you, I, I knew that you were poor in spirit because I walk with you and I talk with you. And because yours is now the kingdom of God, right? And it says, blessed are those who mourn. I, I, I know that you lost and, and you mourn. And I'm telling everyone, she's also blessed. Like, that everyone knows that even though she had a loss, like, she's still blessed within the kingdom, right? And it's, it's personal. You have, you, have to, you have to see this thing that it really is personal. Jesus, he gets up on the mountain, but he's not speaking into the air. He's speaking to the people that were there. He says, blessed, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. It's like, you over there, I saw your hunger. I, I, saw, I saw how hungry you were for righteousness, and, and, and I saw how much you struggled. Blessed are you also. Right? He, he's, he's, he's engaging with these people. He said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall show mercy. Verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Verse 10, blessed are, 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 are those who are persecuted for righteous, because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He's talking to the people that, that were there, right? And so... Then he, he comes, verse 12, he says, Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Right? These are people who knew Jesus, and he said, there's a persecution that is coming. Like, this, this, this road ahead is about to get hard. Like, the journey that is before you, blessed are you, right? Blessed are you who mourn, blessed are all of you, but the journey is going to be hard. And, and there will be some persecution ahead. Verse 13, he said, you are the salt of the earth. Now, this is important because Jesus is talking to a bunch of people who were broken, who were wounded. And he's saying, you are the salt of the earth. Not that you will become the salt of the earth after I die and resurrect and give you the Holy Spirit. He says, you are the salt of the earth. He says, you are the light of the world, whether you like it or not. Whether you like it, we're going to move forward. This journey ahead is going to be hard. There may be some persecution, but here's the thing. You are the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. People are going to follow you. You don't get to choose whether or not you're a leader. The moment you start to follow me, you become a leader. And you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Blessed are you. And now here's the journey. Here we go. Right? This is, this is, this is Jesus' commission into the journey ahead. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 kids in my youth group loved it. I think every Sunday preached Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Jesus says to not discount the law. He says the Old Testament, the stuff that you didn't understand, all, all that stuff is real too. Let's move forward. The journey ahead is coming. He says, I didn't come to abolish the law. I didn't come to tell you that there was an Old Testament God that wasn't for real. I'm, I'm here to fulfill the mandates of this God. Right? And, and so blessed are you, all of the afflicted. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. The journey ahead might be hard. Don't discount the Old Testament. Right? Love, lo- love mercy and justice. And then he talks about have no hate in your heart because if you have hate in your heart, it's just like murder. Right? And, and, and then, then he starts to get into some things that now it's going to start to get uncomfortable. Jesus, this sermon started off really nice. You were blessing us. You were healing us. We were having a good time, and now you're telling me that if I have hate in my heart, that I'm like a murderer? I don't think I want to go to your church anymore. 
Because those things are hard to, to, to hear. Uh, Matthew 5, verse 27 he says, you, sh- you shall not commit adultery. If you even look at a, w- a woman in a lustful way, that's adultery. Well, I don't agree with that theology. I'm not going to go to your church anymore. This is what Jesus says, right? The, the mission ahead is going to be hard, but you cannot compromise the scripture to fit your personal lifestyle. And you cannot compromise the word of God and the mandate of God to fit the personal lifestyle of those around you. Keep on moving forward. Why? Because you are the light of the world. Because you are the salt of the earth. Whether or not you choose to be a leader, you are a leader once you start to follow God. And if you're following me, you are that. And and I'm going to bring you into places along this journey where you're going to rub elbows with the Samaritans. You're going to start to rub elbows with, 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 with some people who are the descendants of the Canaanites and the Armorites. And they come from a place... Of, of lustful adultery and murder and they come from and, and if you don't know this word and if it's not in your heart fully you will become one of them and so he says you've got to have this word within your heart so blessed are you this is your mandate you are a leader it talks about divorce making oaths an eye for an eye like all these really hard things to love your enemies Right, like all, all these really hard, you've got to go through and read this. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Give to the needy, always, whether or not you believe their signs on the side of the road. Like it's, it's not your position to, to judge them. I saw him here yesterday with that same sign. I'm not going to give to him. That's not your job. Your job is to give. Right? He said, listen, this, this journey ahead is going to get harder. You've got to shell this old mindset and come into this new mindset. Blessed are you. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. Everybody's watching. Everybody's watching. And if, you, and if you don't believe that people are, if you don't believe people are watching, I, I, I don't think you're following Jesus. If you believe that your life does not matter and the decisions that you make, that they don't matter on the face of eternity because no one is looking, I don't think that you're a follower of Jesus. Because the moment you start to follow Jesus, you're following who, you're following who everyone is looking for. Everyone is looking for God. And you found him. And you're following him. And so when they see you, where's the bread? Where'd you get all this bread from? Why, why are you happy all the time? That was one of the, the first things my coworkers used to always ask me. Why are you always so happy? Like as a police officer, like I would get into fights. Like I remember I was, I was hospitalized once and like got into a fight with this huge guy and, and I'm trying to hold him down. And like, I was like fighting and uh, I didn't even tell my family, my family's here. And, and <laughs> first time. And, and, and I'm like, you know, and, and like we're in the middle of the park. It's like 11 o'clock at night and this guy runs and I try to tase him. He grabs my taser and, and he pulls it from me. And I'm like, oh, and I grab my gun and I'm like, and, and I'm beating him with a gun. And we're, 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 this, this full out fight. Right, and then, and then yeah, beating with a gun, and, and then, and then, and, 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 and then the, the the paramedics come, and 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 he's all bloody, and I have blood all over me, and and I'm like, man, this is this is good. So it's like, hey, how, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm good. Thank you guys for coming. You know, and I thought about, I was like, man, you guys, you guys drove this fast to come here for me. This is great. Thank you. You know, and like, they, like always like, why, why are you so happy? Like, why, why? I was like, because, because now I can share something with you. 
and, and I remember that, that, that night, my coworkers came to the hospital with me, and, and, and one of them is a Christian, uh, who's a charismatic Christian, and the other one is a Catholic, and they both live, live lives that do not reflect it. And so I said, hey, the same way that, that you drove 110 miles an hour, like, like a bullet, you could have killed yourself to get to me, because you heard on the radio me asking for help. And you, 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 you hear me saying, like, I have him at gunpoint. And for, for a cop, when you hear that, when, when, when you hear the struggle of one of your brothers, like for those of you who are in the military, that same kind of thing, right? Like you hear that struggle on the, on the radio, you hear the fighting, right? You, you hear all the four-letter words being, bah, you know? Like it concerns you. And if you're driving 60, the moment you, you hear that, that tone, beep, I got him at gunpoint, drive out, drop the taser. It's like you, you step on the gas and you start to move faster. And I was like, the, the fact that you would do that for me moves my heart, and I, and I love it. But, but here's the truth. There's a whole world that's like this, and we're moving at two miles an hour. We're going really slow. Our hearts are not broken. We, we don't see ourselves as, as a part of them. We don't see ourselves in love with them. We don't see ourselves with the gun and the badge. We don't see ourselves equipped with, with the tools to rescue them. And we don't care about it. And we're traveling at two miles an hour. And so I got to share with them at the hospital, if you really believe this gospel, you would be driving 110 miles an hour because this guy is, is, is sleeping with someone who's not his wife. We need to go and gather around him and talk to him because this is, this is I believe this. We, we need to start doing this thing. Like, if you really care, if, like, he's going to go to hell. Like, his soul in hell forever if we don't drive 110 miles an hour. Like, you thought I was going to die that night, and you came faster. I know he's going to die for eternity. He's going to keep on dying a thousand deaths over and over for eternity. And for me to move at two miles an hour is to not believe this. Sim- simply, I-, I can't find any other reason because they're really nice people. I don't believe that they hate them. I think the problem is we just simply don't believe it. And so Jesus says, you are the light of the world, whether you believe it or not. The light of the world, gun and badge. You are the salt of the earth. I give you authority. People are following you. They're, they're looking for you. They're waiting for you. And you have this gospel. And-, and-, and here's the charge. Don't compromise it. Don't compromise it. If you have lust in your heart, just like murder. If you have hate, it's just like murder. Gossip and slander, bad, wrong. I will not partake of it. Even if I don't understand some of these things, this is, this, this, is, this is the plane. This is the preparation for the journey ahead for what I believe God is going to do. After my dream the other day, I, I, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if, if it's 10 people that come, I'll, I'll take the 10 with me. And I read through the story of Gideon and, 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 and God said to Gideon, take what you have and go. He says, take, take, take what you have and go. And he, here's, here's, the, here's the truth. So against the, the, the advice of many men and women who I completely honor and love and respect, I, 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 feel, like, I feel like I'd be lying if, if I said that this, this thing is going to go in a way where we are going to care about the lost. And, and, and if, if it's not on your heart, I, I, just, I, I encourage you to keep on coming because I, I believe that this is, this is a place where your families should be saved. They don't have to come to our church, but they should be saved. All of them. All, all your co-workers. They, they should be saved. 
There are like 6,000 people groups, 2 billion people in the earth that have not heard this gospel. Still today. And then Ralph said, you could be the senior pastor of a church. And I'm like, all right, what are we going to do? If you, if you get, Jesus had 12, I'll take 10. My wife will make 12 and we'll go. But, but my, 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 I believe that whether or not you choose to, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. My last point, number three, when in doubt, love like Jesus loved. When in doubt, love like Jesus loved. If, if, if you don't have the answers and you don't know what to do, love like Jesus loved. And here's the tension. I don't compromise the scripture. I don't deny him. I don't deny his words. Right? But I can still love like Jesus loved. I, 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 I think that I'm beginning to, I started to, to begin to master the art of, of just really learning to love people and still staying true to my God. And I think that when we're in that tension, we get one of two options. Either you come out of fellowship with that person or you start to whisper sweet nothings into their ears. And I refuse to whisper sweet nothings because I believe that they're on the mic and they're saying, I'm dying, I'm going to hell if you don't come rescue me 110 miles an hour. If you, if you really believe it. And so the, the foundation of this whole thing is predicated on whether or not you believe this gospel. Whether or not you, you truly believe what Jesus said. And we're going to look a little bit more into that over the next few weeks. Love like Jesus love. Focus on the pieces that do not benefit you. Selflessness. Laying down your lives. That's, that, that, that's what I want to do as a senior pastor. That's, that's the kind of church I want to pastor. Lay, lay down lives. Not, not just lay down lives for God, but lay down life for God and lay down lives for your enemies. For the, for the, for the people around you. Like learning how to love like Jesus loved. Like this is the passion of my heart. This is the thing that I'm after. To make yourself uncomfortable for the sake of others. Like I'm, I'm uncomfortable for the sake of other people. To, to sacrifice for the people around you. It's easy to sacrifice for God. But, but start to love people like Jesus loved them. Je- Jesus loved people so much that he stretched out and died for them. And he said, now you go. Love them the same way. This is hard. I'm not saying that it's an easy thing. I'm saying that it is very hard, but that is, that is my goal. That is, that is my goal. That every tribe, every tongue, every nation, Jew and Gentile, that they would come to bow down at the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ because I read this and I believe that he is worthy and that's what he's called me to do. Jesus says in John 13, verse 35, that your, your, your love will prove that you're my disciple. He says your love for other people, that's what's going to prove it. You know, and, and, and I, I, I share stories some, sometimes on how, like, I struggle with this most. For, for me, some of you also, you know, it's in traffic. I struggle with loving people, you know, but it's a real struggle. Like, I, I struggle with loving people in traffic, but I know it matters, because whether or not they even know that I'm a Christian, I'm still the salt of the earth. I'm still the light of the world. And in some of those moments, I am a burnt out light. And I'm a salt without flavor. And that is the truth. 
And my desire is that I would live according to the mandates of Christ. So for some of you here today, the journey ahead may be filled with only question marks and you may not know the thing that's coming next. And, and, and I don't know the things that are coming next, but the good news is that God can take the questionable things that can make this whole thing a scary ride and he can make it an exciting journey. This can be an exciting journey. It, it can be an exciting journey into the things that the Lord is going to do in your personal lives if, if, if you do it on the foundations of this gospel. If you do it, if, if you never compromise the word of this gospel and this is your foundation and you start to build your life on this thing, no matter where, it, it, whether it's a career move, whether it's a geographical move, whatever it is that you're doing, if you build it, if, if you, like, I refuse to sign a document I don't agree with. Like, I, 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 re, I refuse to go into play, like, I, I refuse to, because I believe this gospel so much. If, if you build your entire life on this, you will have an exciting journey. I, I promise you, I guarantee you. That's why Jesus says, bless those who persecute you. Because there'll be some persecution. And if you're not being persecuted, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think it's really clear that you're probably swimming with the stream, going with the fish. There are probably others of you who, who don't know how to start this whole thing. You're like, how, how do I start to really get serious about this gospel? <laughs> right? Um, like, how, how, like how, how, do, how do I start to live my life like I really believe this gospel for real in every single square inch of my life? Not just when I come to church on Sundays and not just when I talk to my Christian friends, but in everything I do. How do I start to do this? And, 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 and one, if, if you've never given every inch of your life over to the, to the leadership of Jesus Christ, that is where it starts. And, and, and some of you may say, well, well, I'm a Christian. I'm not talking about being a Christian. I'm saying every square inch of your life is given over to the, to the leadership of the Lord Jesus Christ. That means that when you open up that book and there's things that you don't agree with, you say, he's my leader. We hope you enjoyed this message from the Doral Vineyard Church by Denville Lee. For more information, please visit us at doralvineyard.org.